The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Clay Patton joining you again with Sue Martin of Ag and Investment. And Sue, in our last segment, we broke down the grain trade. What was going on there? Again, some positive news coming out over the weekend in terms of the trade sector. Pro Farmer Tour kind of saying what we already and many suspected and, and basically knew. Let's switch gears now and go to one that had a rocket behind it today. That is the livestock trade. Lean hogs especially. We were now limit up after being limit down on expanded limits today. October hogs are leading is higher once again what is the the energy here getting in behind the hogs to move higher well it's the um uh talk of more pork and beef going to uh uh japan they were part of that agreement which certainly was a, a coup and then on top of it uh, you know those two markets were grossly oversold on Friday from the uh, uh behavior or the uh, emotion off of the tariffs that you know, China does and or put on. And China only takes about 1% of our beef. But the bottom line is they're trying to drive the price down. If you look at what they were really hitting, besides automobiles, they were really trying to drive the price down on agriculture. And maybe one hoping that the farmer won't vote for President Trump again. But more than anything, I believe they just need everything. The price of their pork is record high. Now, if they had supplies, it wouldn't be record high. And so their supplies in the warehouses are pretty tight. And I think that uh, making a deal with Japan over pork and beef was an excellent uh, situation and caused the shorts to run this morning. So we've got hogs that close limit up today on October hogs, so they'll expand limits to 675 tomorrow. And uh, then the cattle were higher, but not a limit up move. So... But uh, the cattle market, too, was extremely overdone. And our indicators that we follow um, had been saying on Friday not to get too taken away with that decline because they had turned bullish and they were just getting a start. So um, we have a lot of faith in those indicators. They tend to treat us quite well. And talking about that, maybe you have an indicator for this. Looking at intermonth spreads in that live cattle contract, Sue, we go from December out to February. We've got a $6 premium built in there to the February contract. Do you think that could give us some fireworks here later on in the year when December rolls to the front month contract? It could. There's even like a $5 difference there between those two. And so it certainly could. Um, I think that, uh, for one thing, the demand for beef is just excellent. And it remains that way. Um, producers are not producers, but the consumer continues, for one thing, unemploy- or unemployment's like record low. And so people are working. We're pretty well filled out with people working. And therefore, they have the money to spend. And when they are working and earning money, they will spend it. And food is one area that they will go to. And so I think that uh, that's also showing up here in the uh, cattle market. And also the fact that the uh, the packers are certainly trying to process as many animals as they can while we still have a, a nice record high, almost record high um, cutout. And, they're, of course, their uh, profit margins are, you know, basically their packer margins are just record high. So they're going to process every animal they can get their hands on. 
And we've got that Finney County fire with the Tyson plant two weeks now in the rear view mirror. So it's not front of mind, but obviously, especially when you're talking about that record high cutout, the, the fact that we could see a slightly tighter supply on the box beef side is keeping these retailers really, really close and current on their marketings. Very much it is. And on top of it, you know, even Tyson had orders that they have to fill. And so they're going to still be pushing to get product elsewhere, too, in other plants. So I, I don't see this as the bearish item that everybody emotionally at first thought. I think your cattle market struck a low. And I think hogs made a double bottom today. Let's talk outside markets as well. We saw the U.S. dollar index take a big run down last week. Now it's kind of building off. It's bouncing off a little bit of the euro, a little bit of the Japanese yen following that trade announcement. Is this positive to see this type of reaction, or is this going to eventually come back against our commodities? Well, it comes back against the commodities. This is not really what President Trump wants. He wants the dollar weak uh, just to keep us very competitive in the global market, export market, and to keep things going and moving so that we can, you know, help keep our trade deficit down. Um, so he's really wanting to see us keep the dollar down, but that dollar's been too willing to stay strong. Friday was a, a sharp down day, but look at here today, we're up 43, so it's coming right back. Sue, so we've covered a lot of information, whether it comes from the grain marketing side, the livestock. Your office handles it all. What is a way for people to reach out and find out more information about ag and investment and some of the services you can offer to help them with their ag marketing and ag hedging? Well, our number is 1-800-527-0051, and you all have a great day. Again, we've been talking with Sue Martin of Ag and Investment joining us here today on the Fontenelle Final Bell. Again, you can catch Fontenelle Final Bell as a podcast each and every day by visiting ruralradio.com or wherever you like to find your podcast. Again, a big thank you to Fontenelle Hybrids for their continuing support of the Fontenelle Final Bell, covering everything from grain marketing to international trade, how it all shapes and how it all influences and impacts the market. This is the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Clay Patton in for Susan Littlefield. Talking the talk with us today, talking this wild trade we've seen is Sue Martin of Ag and Investment. And Sue, thanks so much for being on and joining us today. Let's go ahead and talk about the positive news today in the grains, and that is a positive soybean market. Is this after we get a little bit of good news over the weekend between the U.S. and Japan on a trade front? I think so. Um, I think it's partly that. That really affected the meats, the pork and the, and the beef. But it also, um, I think, um, it, you know, it helped corn a little. Basically, wheat ignored the news. And, um, but beans, I think, more than anything for the beans and corn, I think it's more the weather. Uh, the cool forecast the next 14 days is called to be below normal in temperatures. And that's uh, expecting some cool air to drop down out of Canada through the central parts of the Midwest. And so that's, uh, you know, putting support under the bean market because it just continues to delay both corn and beans. But they're more worried about the beans because each day that you get by that the crop's not getting pushed and, and shutting down at night because it's too cool, it, you're having um, basically a situation where... Uh, 
every day is pulled off is a day less of daylight hours. And this crop will start to mature at some point here where it'll just start coming homes and home and shutting down. And your yields are just going to be not so special. Now, the corn, of course, um, you know, it was kind of torn between beans and wheat, wheat being negative and ignoring the chi- uh, Japanese news. But the corn, uh, they're talking about upwards of two, two and a half to three million metric tons of more corn that China, or not China, but Japan will buy. And Japan's been a big buyer of U.S. corn. Um, however, again, because there's an attitude that even if we were to have an early frost, uh, freeze that most of the corn has made it through pollination, therefore the crop wouldn't be hurt quite as bad as what the beans would be. And yes and no. Um, depending on when the crop was bought, or, or I should say planted, um, it would make a difference as to how much the yield could decline. And in the corn, it would also show that uh, you would have a, a tendency for lighter test weight. Uh, because it would stop the filling of the kernel and in the meantime would also um, uh, not allow for a dry down, a normal dry down in the fall. So it's going to be a concern for both commodities, but the the bean market, uh, the bean crop, that's the one that's more concerning for now. And August is bean month, and usually from mid-August at least to the last half is where you really tend to push your yields. And these cool nights just isn't letting that happen very well. And the Pro Farmer Tour basically told us everything we knew. And, Sue, going forward, there wasn't. There was nothing real big informal coming out of from the Pro Farmer Tour. So when will we see the data that's going to go back to these traders? It's really going to show, hey, we had a cool August, a cool September. The yields just aren't there like we were expecting because the last part of the growing season turned off cool and wet. Well, actually in September, we're going to have um, what we would call a, um, a strategic, I want to say, that may not be the right word for it, um, but as we move into um, the September report, you know, we're going to start to find out um, basically a little different objective is the word I want to use, the objective yield survey. And that'll occur for September, and that usually doesn't occur until September. And this year, in order to get an objective yield survey, you, it collects data on the plant populations. They take that into account. They take ear totals into account, kernel roll length, and of course the diameter of the ear. And then, and that's all, you know, comes back down to maturity of that crop. So that could have an emphasis on our September 12th report, but this will be the first that they'll really take that into account. Sue, let's talk some technical pictures here as well. We're getting awfully close back to $300 on that December meal market. I know a lot of guys are watching that to potentially say maybe we put a low in this meal market, especially looking at Chinese demand and where China can price in southern meal. Uh, what's your thoughts? Do you think maybe we're getting to a step where we could finally turn this around a little bit? Well, I think so. Um, after the last commitment of traders report, we noticed that the smart money was actually starting to buy corn, or not corn, but soy meal. And um, so that was a good sign because soy meal tends to be the thing that really prompts better rallies in soybeans. And the oil, you know, if we were to have an early frost freeze, well, 
what you do have would just be probably some more soy oil and not so much protein content. So um, that's, I think, when the smart money's starting to buy the, the soy meal, that's a good sign for the bean market. And I think that um, as we go forward, you know, we're making deals with Japan and, and what have you, and, and that was a good coup for President Trump. Um, basically, um, looking like we're doing better now without the TPP, uh, instead of buying $14 billion worth of products in a year's time, they'll now be somewhere up more around $21 billion. And so that was a plus. And what we're needing is other countries to step up to the plate and join us in kind of, not meaning it quite this way, but ganging up against China to stop them from their um, uh, antics that they have had, their uh, pattern of over the years, you know, stealing um, ideas, um, you know, trade thoughts, uh, intellectual property, uh, cyber, you know, property and ideas, and then not to mention um, the, you know, jobs and whatever that they've stole from the U.S. And so, you know, but they can't steal it unless they make it so attractive that the U.S. companies have wanted to go there. Again, we're talking and with Sue Martin of Ag and Investment, LLC. You're listening to the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio.